the Vale this week with lovethevale.wales. Register for a free business or events listing at lovethevale.wales. Hello, I'm Matthew Harris. And I'm Nathan Spackman. And on this week's edition of The Vale This Week from Bro Radio, we'll hear from Sasha Stole, a resident in Lanswick Major, who is urging people to know the symptoms for bowel cancer. It comes as new research reveals around four in 10 people don't know any signs of a so-called red flag and the levels of awareness are even worse in the deprived areas of the UK. On Thursday, the Vale and Morn Council is holding an unpaid carers event to highlight the support available to the county's carers. We'll hear from one local carer who says the support she received helped her and her family massively when her husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Lancet Major came together as a community on Saturday to peacefully protest against a far-right group who opposed plans to build temporary housing for Ukrainian refugees at the former Eagleswell school site. Our reporter Ellie Spark and Katie Briney spoke to those attending the protest. And residents in East Aberthaw are hopeful that a new rollout of a 20 mile per hour speed limit across Wales will help reduce speeds in the village. Our reporter Ben Jones has been out and about speaking to local residents and councillors. Plus, we'll get our usual roundup of the week's local news, including looking at Newport City Council's Freeport bid, which had impacts on the Vale of Glamorgan, plus the week's local events and a triumph bounce back to the Cymru Premier for our very own Barry Town United. The Vale this week on Bro Radio. This is The Vale This Week. Now let's look back at some of the top local news stories from the past seven days. A bid to create a free port centred around Cardiff Airport has failed. The UK and Welsh governments have announced the first two free ports in Wales will be set up this year, aiming to create over 20,000 jobs and attract £5 billion worth of investment by 2030. The successful bids were the Celtic Freeport, based at Port Albert and Milford Haven, and on Anglesey. Leader of Newport Council, Jane Mudd, spoke to our reporter, Gareth Joy, and began by asking how she felt following the announcement. Well, it's very disappointing. Freeport status would have really helped us to realise the long-term potential of Cardiff Airport, and as Wales' only national and international airport, it was at the centre of our bid, and I, I think it was really important is that it, it was really ready to go there. And our bid also reflected the need to support and invest in the valleys, particularly Blaina Gwent. So Freeport status would have really given us an opportunity to not just complement existing initiatives, but also to strengthen them as well. So the bid would have really been about scaling up and um, not starting up. So it's very disappointing for all of the partners involved um, to not have been selected on this occasion. Have you been given any reason by the UK and Welsh governments as to why you didn't succeed? We haven't received detailed feedback yet, but we will have ongoing conversations um, with with officials from both governments in order to um, learn from this experience. Now, turning to Cardiff Airport, we're only too aware of the problems it's faced in the past few years with COVID and the slump in passenger numbers, but also more recently, airlines such as Wizz Air pulling pulling out recently, and of course, questions surrounding the ongoing ownership of the Welsh Government. 
But why did it play such a core part in the bid? Well, as a port, um, it's really key. So if you look at the English model, where the East Midlands Airport has been central to a free port, um, a successful free free port, we really know the role that um, air freight can play within this. And I think when we look at Cardiff Wales Airport, it's really important not just to consider passenger numbers, but also the size and scale of the site and the opportunities there for that as a custom site and for freight as well. So it's an excellent site. It's, it's a unique attribute to Wales and it really, was really central to our Freeport bid, but should not be overlooked in future as well. There are great opportunities with that site. Meanwhile, WH Smith has confirmed its Barry store will close in June. The High Street retailer has told Bro Radio News that its lease on its Halton Road branch is expiring and they're unable to continue trading viably. Staff of the branch are being offered redeployment to other stores nearby. Over 7,500 people have signed a petition against controversial plans for a holiday park near the Teehaven Hospice. The online petition, started by bereaved grandmother Karen Madiment, calls on Vale Council to refuse planning commission on a batch of land bought by Funfair owner Henry Donter. The council says a planning application submitted in February was invalid because it didn't include necessary documents. Inspectors will meet with management at Pencoitra High School on Friday. Last month, the Barry High School was placed into special measures by Estin amid concerns over a lack of clear strategic direction from senior leaders and poor levels of pupil attendance. An executive head teacher has since been seconded as part of management changes at the school, which moved into its new £38 million home on Merthyr Devon Road last year. But the move in special measures has also led to allegations of bullying raised by parents of Pencoitra students. And you can read more of these stories, plus submit your own local news via the news pages at broradio.fm. The Vale This Week with lovethevale.wales. Register for a free business or events listing at lovethevale.wales. You're listening to The Vale This Week on Bro Radio. Now, a woman from Lancet Major is urging people to know the symptoms of bowel cancer. It comes as new research reveals around four in ten people don't know any signs of a so-called red flag. And the levels of awareness are even worse in deprived areas of the UK. One of the key warning signs is noticing blood when you go to the toilet, and that's where Sasha Stoll went to her GP three years ago. As she told Sky News reporter Anna Bates, it may have saved her life. I'm Sasha Stoyle, and I'm a bowel cancer survivor. It was in 2020, um, and I just turned 50, and couldn't celebrate because we were all in lockdown. It's the height of lockdown, and everyone was calm. It was nice, calm, you know, everybody could think about things more, and I started noticing blood in my poo, Um, And when I was wiping, not every time I went to the toilet, but I was going more frequently. And so I started keeping a diary and I noted whenever it happened. Um, Like I said, it didn't happen every single time. But over a three month period, I thought it occurred probably too many times, to be honest. But at the time when we were being told, you know, only go to your GP if it's an emergency. And I wasn't sure if it was an emergency because I felt absolutely fine. I didn't feel unwell. Um, And I did a bit of Googling, as we all do. And um, in my mind, it could have been anything else other than cancer. I'm a very positive person. So I wasn't I wasn't worried about it. And I thought that it might just be something to do with diet. Um, Anyway, I spoke to my husband about it because I It was obviously starting to bother me a bit. And he said, you should go to the doctor. So I made an appointment and um, my GP did um, 
an examination and said, I can't see anything untoward, but I will refer you. Is, is, is that OK? And I said, oh, that would be great, you know, to get a referral and get to the bottom of whatever it is. And um, I've just been reading a little bit about your story as well. And uh, I noticed that a few of the questions that the doctor first gave to you, you answered no to, to them. So is it sort of a sign that you don't have to check every symptom box, if you like, for it to become a concern? That's absolutely right. I I think that because I wasn't feeling unwell either. So by them asking me those questions, me answering no to most of them, again, you know, it didn't seem that it was anything serious as far as I was concerned. And I think that might be a problem for a lot of people. Um, I know that, you know, IBS is a common thing that people come to their own conclusion that they might have IBS or they go to the GPS, GP and it's it's diagnosed as IBS. And so yes, I I was shocked. Yeah, it, it didn't occur to me that it would be something serious. And so it's really it's, it's really important that even if you have one slight change in bowel habits or slight in, in any anything feeling unwell for any reason, that you go to the GP and ask for further referrals. Definitely. And Sasha, when you hear the results of Bowel Cancer UK's research, how does that sort of make you feel? Well, I'm I'm really passionate about raising awareness since this since this happened to me because I've had such a positive outcome from it. Um, yes, I was probably I, I I was very positive about it. I didn't think it was going to be anything serious, but um, by going to the GP, it meant that I would find out whatever it was, and it might not have been anything serious. I was diagnosed early, and the tumour was removed and I went on to not, you know, not need any more, any treatment or a stoma or anything like that. So um, th- 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 this is really important about raising awareness now um, to make sure that people go at the slightest, um, slightest concern, um, even if they don't think it's going to be something serious, just go to the GP and, and get them to check out, check it out. How are you doing now and what would your message be to, to anybody that's to this? So um, I'm currently cancer free. I had my surgery in November 20 and um, I recovered from that. And once you have surgery and, and you've recovered, you start a surveillance plan where you have regular scans and bloods. Um, for the first year, um, I had uh, clear bloods. And at the 12 month anniversary, I had a clear colonoscopy. So my bowel was completely free of cancer. Um, one of the other tests that they do at the time is a CT scan. Um, and unfortunately, with the, with the CT scan, or fortunately, they found a lesion on my liver. Um, which was then operated on in February 22. And from that, um, they successfully removed a a stage four tumour from my liver. Liver metastasis is quite common from the bowel. And but again, they caught it. It was caught early enough. And my surgeon removed the the tumour. It was stage four because of the awkward position it was in. Removed it and I had chemotherapy chemotherapy. May to July last year to it's adjuvant chemotherapy just to kind of um you know make sure there's no nasties hanging around and um yeah July and December last year I had clear scans and I'm like yeah I'm cancer free so um as much as it's not a very nice thing to go through catching the bowel cancer early I had stage one um it's probably saved my life so just from going to the GP it saved my life.
Sasha was speaking ahead of Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, and she's now volunteering for the charity Bowel Cancer UK to help stress the importance of spotting their red flag signs. April is Bowel Cancer Awareness Month. As I said before, I'm really passionate about raising awareness and with the, and funds for, for Bowel Cancer UK. And Bowel Cancer Awareness Month is all about getting active this year. So we're encouraging people to get active to really raise, raise awareness. I'm volunteering for Bowel Cancer UK with um, putting stands up in various locations around Wales. And yeah, that you know, we just really want to hammer home the the um, the symptoms and the fact that even if you you know you get you feel you've got one of the symptoms, even if you're feeling well, get to your GP. That was bowel cancer survivor Sasha Stole, who was speaking to Anna Bates from Sky News. And if you want to learn more about her story and how to spot the symptoms, visit bowelcancer.org.uk. Are you a parent in the Vale of Glamorgan? Are you wanting to find out about local services, events, activities and support available? Then speak to the Vale Family Information Service. We can connect you with preschool groups and activities for children and young people, childcare options and help with childcare costs, and family support services, including support for children with disabilities or additional needs. Call Barry 704 704 or search Vale of Glamorgan Family Information Service. You're listening to The Bell This Week from Bro Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out, a day with the kids or something in between, let's have a look at some of the events we found and you've listed at lovethevale.whale taking place in the Vale of Morgan over the next couple of weeks. The Lowdown with Chris Davis Estate Agents, a local family-run company serving the Vale of Glamorgan for five decades. Let our family move your family. Find out more at chris-davis.co.uk. On Thursday, 30th of March, a free CPR and AED training event is taking place at Landswick Major Rugby Club from 4.30pm. The two-hour event will teach you how to perform CPR and use a defibrillator with no previous first aid experience required. To book a place, email gordon.wilkie, that's W-I-L-K-I-E, at gmail.com. Also on Thursday, 30th of March, there's an opportunity to meet other unpaid carers and hear about ways you can develop your skills and knowledge for your own interests or to support the person you care for. It's a special event taking place at Barry Memorial Hall from 1 till 6pm and entry is free. For more details, call 01446 704 851. And if you fancy a chuckle, join the memo for a night of laughter as four top comedians raise the roof at its monthly comedy club. Little Wonder, the team behind the brilliant McCunnicliffe Comedy Festival and Aberystwyth Comedy Festival, bring their much-loved comedy clubs the memo each month. Catch some of the UK's finest stand-ups on stage in the Glam Suite on 30th March with tickets available via memoartcentre.co.uk. And looking ahead just a little bit to Easter, St Iltyd's Church in Lantern Major is holding its annual Easter trail. Search for clues across the town between the 1st and the 8th of April. Entry for this is just £2 with forms available to collect from the precinct between 10am and 12pm on the 3rd to the 6th of April or from St Iltyd's Church on the 5th of April from 11am. All traders across Barry have come together to host the town's first ever Easter egg hunt on Saturday the 8th of April. Dozens of venues right across the town are taking part to create a giant Easter egg hunt. So grab the kids, put on their cutest Easter costumes and follow the map to bag some treats. Each online ticket gives you access to the map of venues on the trail. Simply hop along to each venue to get a piece of candy. For more details and to purchase your ticket, search for Barry Easter Egg Hunt on social media. 
And you can find out more about these events and many others by visiting lovethevale.wales, where you can also submit your own event details to be mentioned on Bro Radio and The Vale this week. There is so much to discover in the Vale of Glamorgan with lovethevale.wales. Find vibrant, brilliant and highly skilled high streets, side streets and home enterprises, remarkable restaurants, friendly well-stocked bars, pubs and trendy night spots. Adrenaline-filled, family-friendly days out or those places to sit back, relax and simply enjoy a good book. Whether you're a local or a visitor, start your discovery now at lovethevale.wales. On Thursday, 30th of March, the Vale of Morgan Council is holding an unpaid carers connect over coffee event at Barry's Memo Art Centre. The event is aimed at unpaid carers looking after people in the county with the aim of helping them to meet others and hear how they can develop their skills and knowledge in their own interest or to support the person they care for. James Livingston is Carers Development Officer at the Vale of Morgan Council and told us about some of the support available. Well, one of the main things for carers to have a more of an in-depth look at their circumstances and their situation is a carer's assessment but prior to that we would encourage people to look at information and make links in order to try and get help and support for them before put it like this reaching a crisis point and it's often helping carers to look after their well-being and make sure that they remain healthy and can do the sorts of things that they want to do so the assessment really is the main way and we want carers not to consider that somewhat scary or a judgment on how they care. It's a, a technical term within social services and it's a holistic look at the whole of the situation that they're in. So it covers their caring, but it covers a wider range of things such as hobbies they want to do, want to continue work, help with education, and other things that will enable them to live a life alongside the caring role. Carrie Williams became an unpaid carer when her husband Gareth was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2014, leading to her giving up work to care for him and look after their two children. She explained what things were like before they were able to access support. I felt I was carrying all of this on my own. I didn't feel I had any support at all. And I was having to explain to Katie and Luke about Dad and... Um, about his condition and my biggest concern was that they had no outlet to talk to anybody or to receive any support and we managed it as a family and without doubt you know they're those formative years they should not have had to have gone through that um it, it was really really difficult um as I say I just felt I was managing the whole thing on my own the good thing is is you know when the social work involvement happened that was heaven sent because Gareth was being able to go to Tihapis and we had that extra support I could do things with Katie and Luke just the three of us without the 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 stress I guess really and the pressure of constantly having to be care for Gareth you know and not being able to look after their needs as well so although we hit a bad time with Covid and it reduced uh, access to services just to have that support um, even if it was on the phone even if it was a phone call it didn't matter it made a tremendous amount of difference to us. Many unpaid carers don't access the support available to them believing that it's their duty to care for a family or loved one. James says the event aims to open up opportunities. It's a bit of a relaunch really now that people are emerging from the pandemic and it's an opportunity to tell 
carers about the fact that we're here and they'd be very welcome to come along. It's a free event. But we've also got um, things, storeholders who are there where they can go around and drop in to meet particular organisations and other people that will be there who can provide aid, adaptation, help carers develop skills and knowledge, and share information. There'll be opportunities to try equipment such as telecare, manual handling, that will enable people to have the tools they need to stay safe and independent. And there'll be lots of organisations there providing information and advice. Anybody's very welcome to attend. So in, in some ways, it's a bit of a relaunch of services and a chance for people to meet other carers, to mingle around and have afternoon tea and get information, and also hear about ways that they can develop their skills and enable them to care for the person they look after. Carrie says it's important for every unpaid carer to access the support available to them. I, I would say, first of all, to contact your um your local authority you know for me it was the Vale of Glamorgan because the obviously that's where I access the care support officer and I also access social services um, because someone will be able to come and meet with you and tell you perhaps what's available to you and how they can help the other thing is is that I would suggest to go onto the carers UK slash Wales website because they give great advice on financial support practical support health and well-being, if you need any help with technology, or if they can't answer your questions, you'll be able to be pointed in the right direction. Um, but I would definitely say local authority to start with as, as, as your first stop, because they will be able to signpost you uh, to many different services, which may well help you. The Unpaid Carers event takes place at the Memo Arts Centre on Thursday 30th of March from 1pm until 6pm. Anyone unable to attend can contact the Cardiff and Vale Carers Gateway on 02921 921 to access further support or visit the Carers page at valeofglamorgan.gov.uk. The Vale This Week with lovethevale.wales. Register for a free business or events listing at lovethevale.wales. You're listening to The Vale This Week from Bro Radio. Lanswick Major came together as a community on Saturday to peacefully protest against a far-right group who opposed plans to build temporary housing for Ukrainian refugees at the former Igoswal school site. Hundreds gathered to spread peace, love, kindness and compassion alongside a whole load of Welsh cakes to show the big Welsh cake welcome with one man even dressed as one. Our reporters Ellie Spark and Kate Bryony spoke to those attending. What are you giving out and why? Are they just free love shapes? because spread the love not hate is uh, the way to do things. We are now at Antwitch Major. Would you like a Welsh cake? Oh, I would love a Welsh cake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You can have your lunch here while you <laughs> The town of Lantwitch Major protested together as a community against a far-right group who are opposing the temporary housing for Ukrainian refugees. As hundreds came together to show their support against the group, the town thought they would not spread hate or violence, but instead, they gave out only Welsh cakes and kindness. Richard Parry even dressed up as one. I'm uh, six foot two tall, and um, around me, I'm wearing a seven foot Welsh cake. 
couple of baked Welsh cakes overnight, and then we've dis, um, we've distributed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Welsh cakes throughout the town to people, which has been lovely. And whilst being dressed as a Welsh cake on what feels like the windiest day of this year, he led the hundreds of people who attended through the town in solidarity, and explained to me how the group came together and the plans they had, which all started with a conversation on WhatsApp. Um, there might be uh, some people coming from outside the town to stir everybody up and incite maybe some hatred. So people decided what they really wanted to do was come together to bear witness to the welcome of the town. What a great place this is. I feel so proud of my community. So, so proud. People have been uh, a little bit um, afraid and then expressed that. And the support group that we've formed has gone through through that and explore that and explore the idea then of um, solidarity and courage and the idea that peacefully it's okay to stand up peacefully and also trying to think about what it means to host other people uh, in the deepest sense of being human and that's all that's all happened on a whatsapp group with people who haven't met each other until today many people here today in this community that uh, there are lots of Ukrainians, lots of other refugees that live here, that this is quite a frightening thing for them to experience and we just want to be here in support of them. Oberg moved to Lamont Major with his family just three months ago and he already feels like part of the community and says he is planning on staying a little while longer. My Welsh side is more prominent in me and I feel much more Welsh than Swedish. How long are you planning on living here for? I think for the rest of my life. And I've had such a nice time settling in. I also spoke to other members of the community to see what they thought of the day, what their banners read, and what it meant for them to be here today. They have a lovely poster that I'm waving around proudly that says, Lampwick Major, together for peace, love, happiness, and compassion. My banner today is something I've made. It's a big red heart on a white background, which says, the heart of democracy beats here. And we are just, showing that our presence here means that people are welcoming aren't it hundreds of people have come down from Eagleswell and come to here to see view to affirm what a great place Flanford is brilliant community to live in and today I think we showed you some of that so as the sun shone and the wind blew people gathered with their homemade banners in their hometown with their Welsh cakes and their kindness sure everyone is welcome Here's what Richard had to say after the day's event. So there's been a little bit of um, um, friction and some shouting, but there's been lots of singing as well, and laughter, laughter and smiles, and children have come to the field here to affirm what a good place Flantwood is. Ladies and gentlemen, when did you last hear a Welsh cake sing Calon Lad? <laughs> For anybody, no matter what their political views, even if they've come unusually to try to stir up hatred, the question has been to them, that was Ellie Spark and Kate Bryany in Landswick Major, where hundreds gathered as part of protests on Saturday. The Vale this week with LoveTheVale.Wales. Register for a free business or events listing at LoveTheVale.Wales. You're listening to The Vale this week from Bro Radio. The Welsh Government has announced that it will introduce a default 20 mile per hour speed limit on restricted roads across Wales from September. Residents in East Aberthaw are hopeful that the rollout will help reduce speeds in the village. Our reporter, Ben Jones, has been speaking to local residents and councillors. 
With his national reputation for good food and service, many travel far to experience the award-winning Blue Anchor Inn in East Aberthaw, which some believe to be the oldest pub in Wales. Just outside, the road running through the local area is just one of many that will be affected by nationwide changes to the enforced speed limit on restricted areas across Wales in September. Manager Richard Coleman believes that the measures are a good idea for the safety of customers. Richard believes that the measures will inadvertently help the safety of local customers as they cross the road in order to get to the pub. So we, we welcome the 20 mile an hour um, limit to come into the village. Um, we have a car park uh, that is across the road from the pub and people crossing are often having to dodge cars that are going too fast. So that would be a big benefit um, to us and just make the village safer as a whole. The measures are being enforced nationwide on September the 17th, 2023, in order to, according to the Welsh Government's website, reduce the risk and severity of injuries from collisions, make streets safer for playing, walking and cycling, and ultimately be better for the local environment. As a 30-year resident of East Aberthaw, Sarah Turner has been campaigning for years for a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit in her local area. She has played a pivotal part of the East Aberthaw Community Partnership, a community social media group of residents who share her concerns. Despite it being a long, arduous process, she says she has experienced very little support from the local council, despite escalating incidents directed against her and other residents. The problem has been ongoing for years with no help from the council and Samantha Campbell came in, it was, came to be involved and has become um, a champion for us and has really helped the situation. Uh, we've been doing speed watch and fighting about the speeding for, I, well, speed watch has been 18 years but this has probably been going on for about 20 years. Um, we have a stables just up the road where horses are ridden through the village and they take their life in their hands. We've got three new babies on the first terrace as you come into the village. There are only two, and that is where we clock. We've clocked people in the, well, the last speed watch actually, which was two weeks ago, we had two people who went through at 53 miles an hour in a 30 zone, where obviously if a child ran out, they're gonna be splattered. I have had somebody say to me, well, if you didn't want people to speed through your village, you shouldn't have a chicane in the middle of it because we have a double bend. We've had excellent police support. They now attend the speed watch meetings because we are actually being threatened. My husband had a van drive at him and they have started serving notices to people they witness doing excessive speeds and silly things. Samantha Campbell is a local independent councillor who's also been heavily involved in the fight for an enforced speed limit in her constituency of Bruce, which includes East Aberthaw. In particular with East Aberthaw, um, they have a very, very strong case in regards to the East Aberthaw Community Partnership. They've been pushing for 20 miles an hour for many years. Um, they've seen the impact that it would have um, on the community down here. Also, in regards to Roos, we already have 20 miles an hour outside Roos Primary School. Um, so, in regards to the resident roads, it wouldn't actually make that much of a difference to us. We currently have um, a lot of active travel works going through the village, which are you know, encouraging people to cycle and, work and walk more around our village as well. So, if we did have the 20 miles an hour, you know, which we will have going through the village, it would also encourage people to um, walk more and cycle more around our village as well as having the environmental impacts of 
driving at 20 miles an hour and um, it will have the traffic calming measures as well that go through the village so that's kind of why i'm in support of the 20 miles an hour specifically within my ward of bruce 20's Plenty for Us is a national not-for-profit which advocates for a UK-wide 20 mile an hour speed limit in over 600 towns across the country. A 20's Plenty for Us affiliated banner could be spotted near a local play area in East Abathor. Rod King MBE, founder and campaign director for the organisation, explained how he thinks that the plans will affect the local area positively. In September we'll be getting the 20 mile an hour uh, limit um, and I think it's useful for St Athen because um, whilst it's 30 mile an hour limit um, uh, for most of it in the, in the central section where the traffic light now is, 30 miles an hour is too fast and we have had incidents of cars overtaking cars on the crossing, cars speeding down through lanes. We have set up a speed awareness group um, that will be operational. It was withdrawn recently because of police um, demand we do that, but it's been set up again. Um, I think it's got to be welcome for certain areas, and I think well, it's going to be the norm. Minister for Social Justice Jane Hutt has been involved in the campaign for better safety on roads across South Wales for years. To Bro Radio, she reiterated her support for the measures. I've long supported the campaign to change our limits to 20 miles an hour and work with communities across the Vale who welcome these changes being made. And I've been pleased to hear positive feedback from people in St Bride's Major, where one of the Welsh Government's pilots took place, and look forward to seeing the difference the limit will make across the Vale. It's been encouraging to see the early data from the pilot schemes and the Vale are also reporting slower driving with minimal impacts on journey time, whilst also delivering active travel increases in schools in these pilot communities. Vale Council is engaging with our communities to find out what the rollout will look like in line with the exceptions guidance. And I look forward to seeing these positive outcomes when the law comes into force later this year. With just six months to go until the measures are implemented, residents here in East Abathor are already feeling the impact. Ben Jones, Bro Radio, Roos. This is the Vale This Week from Bro Radio. Now, no Gareth this week, but we couldn't end the show without reflecting on Baritain United's triumphant return to the Cymru Premier. Our reporter Dan Davis was at Jenna Park on Saturday and spoke to Barrytown captain Kane McLagan following their 5-0 win over Pontredower Town in front of 767 people and began by asking him how he felt following the win. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think we probably saw him coming for the last few weeks, but to actually get it done is, is, is obviously great and uh, to get it done early in March is, is also good for, for the boys to have a bit of a break maybe for the final, not break, but maybe um, focus on the final, which will, which will be nice. So, um, yeah, it's great. Listen, it's great, it's great to obviously get promoted and that was, the, that was the aim of the start of the season and obviously achieved it actually. So, good. How much do you think it will mean for the community, the Barry, to won this league? Yeah, it's, it's massive. It's, like I said, it's a, it's a one-town club. Um, it's my hometown club. I've, I've supported the club since I was young, come to watch games. So it's, you know, I, I kind of live and breathe it. It's been, it's been massive for everyone in the squad. It's a big club. Um, a club belongs, a club that belongs in the, in the Cymru Premier League. And thankfully we've been able to put it back there. Hopefully uh, pending, pending the, um, the licensing. So yeah, just, it's just great to kind of get back to where we belong and, and guess the results on the board, which we have this season, it's been uh, it's been a fun fun season. We've had lots of lots of wins and lots of good times. 
Barrytown are expected to instantly return to the Cymru Premier, but that's not expected to be confirmed until next month when the FAW decide which clubs will be awarded their Tier 1 licence for playing in the top flight of the Welsh League football. And Lanswick Major moved into the top five of the Cymru South with a 2-0 win over 10-man Avon Leader on a day where the league title passed hands from one Vale club to another. Last season's champions extended their unbeaten run to 10 games. Thank you for listening to The Vale this week. The programme is all about the stories, issues and events affecting the towns and villages that make up The Vale of Glamorgan. As always, if you've got something you'd like us to feature, then you can get in touch with us via Vale This Week at broradio.fm or search for us on social media. The Vale This Week is on each Wednesday from 7pm here on Bro Radio, or you can find us anytime, wherever you grab your podcasts. The Vale This Week with lovethevale.wales Your go-to guide for businesses and events in the Vale of Glamorgan. Visit lovethevale.wales